But we begin tonight on Vancouver Island, where we continue to learn more about a bank heist and shootout with police last week in the greater Victoria area that left two suspects dead and six police officers wounded, three seriously. The suspects have now been identified as 22-year-old brothers, twins from the community of Duncan. That's about 45 kilometers north of Victoria. Matthew and Isaac Octorloney. They had no criminal records. They were not known to police. Here's what one of the 22 people who were in the bank at the time, Shelley Fryer, told Global News about the early moments of the heist. He went so calmly, we're being robbed. And he got a key. And as he got the key, I kind of went, I said, should I get down? And he said, just a sec. And I was going to go by my chair. I was now going to crouch by my chair. And I look up and in the doorway is a guy standing there with an assault rifle, balaclava, vest, some guards on his legs. Just standing there quietly, standing there calm, didn't say really anything at all. The manager held the key out, and they said vault. And the manager gave him, tried to give him the key to go. He's like, you know, go. So off they walked to the vault. Very calm. The dead silence in the bank. Dead silence. That was one of those people who was in the bank at the time. Shelley Fryer, of course. Luckily, all bank patrons and staff escaped unharmed. Soon after what Shelley Fryer described, there was apparently an explosion. Then this gunfire erupted as, as the suspects and police uh, shot at police and police returned fire. Oh my god! Holy oh my god! We are witnessing a bank robbery. Saanich Police Chief Dean Duffy had this to say soon after. Multiple officers responded to the scene and encountered the armed suspects who fired at police. Two suspects who were shot by police died at the scene. Six GVERT officers suffered gunshot wounds and were transported to hospital. That was um, Dean Duffy, Chief of Police in Saanich, the day after the shooting last Wednesday, talking about what had happened. Well, the Global Mail now reports that more than a dozen posts on Isaac Akutoni's Instagram featured what appear to be glorifications of violence towards state officials and police. Those posts include media on a 1997 North Hollywood bank robbery attempt. Keep that in mind. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Because joining me now is Chris Horsey. He's a retired Saanich Police Detective Staff Sergeant, former firearms instructor. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Hey, great. Thanks for having me. So what we know now about uh, the two suspects, are you surprised that they were not known to police, that they were seemed to have no criminal records, really had flown under the radar? Yeah, it certainly was surprising. I think uh, I think most police officers, retired or otherwise, would have perhaps suspected that these would be more of your career criminals, uh, bank robberies, are often perpetrated by people who are well-known to police and uh, have been within the criminal justice system for some time. So, yeah, it certainly was a shock to, to hear their age and the fact that they, they don't really have a police history at all. We played a clip there from Shelley Fryer, one of the witnesses, describing the fact that they were quite quite armored, you know, that they're wearing a lot of body armor, it would seem, and that they were very calm. Did that, is that, what does that tell you? Well, earlier in the week, I'd made uh, made a comment before we even knew their identities. 
you know, about the similarities in uh, those initial witness reports about their calm demeanor, about how they were addressed. And uh, my mind immediately went back to the uh, Bank of America shootout, which took place, you know, many years ago, actually before uh, these two people were even born. Um, but there were so many striking similarities that that's immediately where my mind went. Yeah, tell me about that, because that was, as, as you've mentioned, that was also sort of a pinnacle moment in policing as well. That became a very uh, one that was a lot of lessons were learned from. What happened there and why were they similar? Well, the Bank of America, uh, for those that aren't familiar with it, it was 1997, so quite a, quite a time ago now. Um, but it happened in North Hollywood, where the two suspects entered the Bank of America, and they were uh, protected basically from head to toe. They were wearing uh, heavy, heavy body armor. They also had their lower extremities uh, covered and protected, and uh, they were carrying, you know, massive firepower, um, both with the uh, weapons that uh, were fully automatic and had hundreds and hundreds of rounds of ammunition. So they had a very calm demeanor. They spent a considerable time in the bank. And when they exited the bank, um, they casually walked out and engaged uh, an underwhelmed police with, uh, you know, with, with heavy firepower, the, the police of the day. And this wasn't a rural, you know, small town America. This is the LAPD. This is one of the biggest cities in America. Um, simply really didn't have an answer to this firepower. So it became a landmark sort of incident in America. It started uh, obviously with LAPD where they increased their ability to respond to such incidents. And that really uh, went across America and of course uh, came north into Canada and even uh, the local police departments here on Vancouver Island probably about 10 or so years ago uh, went to a, you know, we historically used to carry a shotgun, um, but that changed over to, uh, at the time, was a, it was the G36, which basically is a military-grade rifle. And we're seeing that all across the country where uh, police agencies are switching over and ensuring that they have some sort of long gun in the event of one of these incidents occurring. And what about um, what happened last week in Saanich? Uh, so reminded you of the 1997 heist, because I gather there were quite a few similarities. Yeah, and, and my my information, like most people's, is simply coming from the media reports because I'm I'm retired now from policing. But mm-hmm. you know, the, there was the one witness who talked about their very very calm demeanor and that they didn't appear to be in any sort of haste to actually leave the bank. Um, and then the manner in which they were dressed, from the balaclavas to the body armor to uh, having, uh, and I'm not sure what they had on their lower extremities, but they clearly had, per, had taken steps to protect themselves. And then, of course, when they left the bank, um, there was absolutely no compunction to, to engage the police with fire, with fire and to start shooting at the police. So, I mean, all of those things uh, led my mind to that that North Hollywood uh, incident back in 1997. Because in all my years of policing, the people robbing the banks, they want to get in, they want to get the money, and they want to get out as fast as possible. This doesn't appear to be the case. Yeah, um, I w- that's um, funny you should mention that, because I would imagine in your experience, you would not have seen a bank robbery like this one, perhaps other than stories of the North Hollywood robbery back when. Yeah, and we've had some, whole, uh, you know, I'd call it a higher profile where perhaps a suspect has come in and fired a shot into the ceiling to get everyone's attention. I mean, those have occurred, but really, 
first off, bank robberies in general are on the decline. Um, it's almost becoming a crime of the past because there's really little money to be gained and a high likelihood of being apprehended. In fact, um, of all the cases that came through our detective office, the vast majority of uh, robberies were, were solved um, because the people that are doing them are so well known to police. However, um, you know, uh, it's just uh, it's just such a unique set of circumstances to have it so brazen and to be so heavily armed. Like I said, most of these people committing these bank robberies are desperate for the money. They'll pass a note and uh, they'll leave without any violence whatsoever. So to have this sort of scenario uh, leads me to believe that there was there was a lot of other things going on besides their desire to rob the bank. Right. That was. Uh, I think that's where a lot of people have been going with this, although all speculation at this point, I know, as the investigation continues. I'm speaking with Chris Horsey. He is a retired member of the Saanich Police Department, uh, former police detective staff, staff sergeant, former firearms instructor there as well. Uh, we're talking about uh, the suspects, Matthew and Isaac Octoloni, uh, believed to have been responsible for a bank heist uh, in Saanich last week at a shootout with police. We're learning more about them. No criminal records unknown to police, um, and also just what uh, the, the similarities that existed between what happened in Saanich last week uh, and a bank robbery back in 1997 in North Hollywood. There were a lot of similarities between the two, including a willingness, it would seem, to engage with police almost right away, the moment police arrived. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more about just where the investigation goes from here, some of the challenges. We, uh, as uh, as Chris has reminded us, he is retired, so um, we're just asking an expert opinion here, and uh, we'll get back uh, after this with, with more on the case. My guest this half hour is Chris Horsey. He's a retired Saanich Police Detective Staff, Staff Sergeant, former firearms instructor. We're talking about what more we know now about that very high-profile heist last week in Saanich and the greater Victoria area and a shootout with police that followed the similarities between that event and a 1997 bank robbery in North Hollywood of a Bank of America where there was also a shootout uh, with police, a long and drawn-out one. Um, and the fact that the two suspects in this case, both brothers, twins, 22 years old, Matthew and Isaac Octorloni of Duncan, which is about 45 minutes north of Victoria, between Victoria and Nanaimo, had no criminal record, were not known to police. Uh, there's some suggestions from some of their uh, social media posts that they had uh, appeared to have bought guns, used guns. Uh, there was even something about the 1997 North Hollywood bank robbery, uh, actually, on one of them. Uh, Chris, th this would be, I gather, a pretty fairly complex investigation if, you, if you're trying to figure out who these two were, maybe why they did what they did. Yeah, certainly. And I think we have to keep in mind is that it's not singularly the police investigation because there's mm -hmm. also a Coroner's Act investigation and they have their own authorities and mandates. And then we have the third concurrent investigation, which is from the IIO which is the Independent Investigations Office of BC, who will be investigating the police uh, action at the scene. So you, you have three ongoing investigations, all requiring the same resources. So all would like to have the same access to the crime scene, uh, et cetera. So there's lots of, of processing. I know people maybe wonder why it took two, three, four days. You have a substantial crime scene that's occurred, and yet you have multiple agencies that need to access it, process it. And, and again, as time goes on, we'll start to learn more, but this will certainly be a very uh, lengthy investigation. And I know that people have made some comments about, well, you know, the two suspects, they're deceased. So 
in that regard, the police investigation really almost starts to take a backseat to the Coroner's Act investigation and the IIO investigation. So the police will certainly assist and help facilitate. But if there's no uh, criminal charges forthcoming, then the police investigation really is, is coming to a conclusion. And uh, a lot of the responsibilities will fall on those other agencies. As someone who was a firearms instructor, I mean, you just get the sense that it could have been much worse than it was. Even for, I mean, I know there's been three police officers who were seriously hurt. We don't know their conditions. We're going to find out more about that tomorrow, I understand. But just looking at the circumstances, it's a wonder that more people weren't hurt in this. It's, it's amazing that we haven't lost uh, any police officers in this encounter. I have no knowledge about what weapons uh, the suspect had, but clearly... Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to engage the police and actually, you know, strike officers. So, um, you know, the, the level of the proficiency of weapons training when you have a long gun like that, if you're in pretty close proximity, you're, you're usually going to hit what you're aiming at. Um, it's a lot different when you're firing a pistol sometimes. Uh, you know, the, the dynamics, too, of being in, in a very, very stressful armed encounter are going to physiologically change your body. You're going to have to fight through that to even to even engage with someone who's shooting bullets at you. So these members are highly, highly trained. Um, again, for those members, this, this was Greater Victoria Emergency Response Team members. So this is our ERT members, mm-hmm. and they train. Uh, it's not a full-time ERT here in Greater Victoria, but they do train a substantial amount of uh, weeks a year together. And uh, they train for incidents of this nature. So uh, I'm very grateful that they were on scene. Um, I think, uh, you know, the outcomes, uh, the outcomes could have been much, much worse and much different if uh, ERT didn't happen to be in the area and responding first to this incident. Yeah, because I think if you look back at the 1997 North Hollywood uh, heist, one of the problems was that they the, the SWAT team took for a long time to show up because they were a long way away. Uh, and that was one of the issues. They were severely uh, overpowered by these two suspects. Yeah. In this case, I gather that was not the case. Uh, yeah, and so you're dealing oh, with in North in North Hollywood, both both had military grade uh, weapons. There were two different uh, weapons, but they actually fired the exact same NATO uh, NATO ammunition. And you know, this is sort of military grade uh, weaponry versus police carrying their you know service handguns. And it, it simply is no contest uh, for those, and I'm sure there's lots of listeners familiar with firearms would would recognize that you know a handgun simply is not even in the same ballpark as one of these uh, a military grade assault style rifle. And a lot of people use the term bulletproof vest, um, but they're not bulletproof. So uh, police officers wear what's often referred to as soft body armor. And that's so because you're working a 12-hour shift and you're wearing it all day. And the, that body armor is really designed to stop your own ammunition that you're carrying. So most police officers' body armor will stop a pistol, but it will not stop a rifle round. So uh, anything out of a military-grade firearm, such as a, a rifle, anything of that nature, would uh, the reality is, and it's a grim reality, would go through the front of the body armor, through my body, and out the back. Um, so soft body armor, again, is minimal, minimal defense against weapons of this grade. So, um, and, and that's exactly what we saw in North Hollywood. 
police were simply overpowered by uh, just far superior firepower. Chris, I really appreciate your insight tonight. Thanks so much for talking to me. Hey, thanks for having me on. And uh, again, just grateful for the response and grateful that, uh, you know, those police officers are all going to survive.